Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. An adversary is defined as an enemy or a person, group, or force that opposes or attacks. According to scripture, any time a great door is open unto a Christian, they can expect to be faced with many adversaries. In this Monday's message, Bishop Dag will unveil one of the adversaries that you are likely to be faced with once you encounter a great door in your ministry. From today's teaching, you will discover seven types of men that you should watch out for, and you will also gain a deeper insight into what an adversary is so that you can overcome all opposition through wisdom. Enjoy the word. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be here today? What a great blessing. Today, um, I want you to take note of the following blessing that is coming on you. Amen. People are still arriving by train. Is it fantastic? Amen. Now, today God is going to show you a very supernatural act. You see, you are a supernatural being. And everything about a human being is supernatural. And if you care to even analyze the human body a little, if you care to, you find how fantastic and miraculous everything about the human being is. Because as you sit there and as you are watching, you can see in three dimensions and different parts of your body are doing different things. Some parts are producing urine as you sit there. Your kidneys are filtering your blood and taking things out of your blood. And from the red liquid, which is your blood, comes a yellow liquid, which is the urine. Yeah, can you believe that? Is it not supernatural? I mean, from your red blood, it goes into the kidney. And out comes from the kidney the yellow urine that you have when you go to wee wee. It's amazing. And that's why if you have a kidney failure, all the urine that is in you stays in you. And then you start to get dizzy. You know, when it's a long-standing kidney failure. 
chronic renal failure, they call it. So, can everyone just settle down quickly, please? Sit down quickly. Let the people sit down quickly, please. All right. Thank you. Part of your body is also producing feces as you are sitting here. Yes. It's amazing. Another part of your body is pumping blood. Pumping. Other parts of you are producing seeds. Seeds of human beings that look just like you. As we are sitting here. It's happening. Huh? Part of you are receiving oxygen and transporting oxygen hello from your lungs to every part of your body. And when you run and you feel some pain in your legs and so on, it's because of oxygen is getting finished there. Amazing. And then at the same time, chemical reactions are taking place in your blood. This to this to this to this. Many chemicals are going around in a cycle. And your eyes are balls of water which have an exact uh, angle at which light rays enter and it's like glass in you but it's water, type of water and then it bends at a particular angle and you see a human being and there's a, and there's a photograph at the back of the eyeball a retina right at the back photographing what is seen it's fantastic so everything about the human being is supernatural so God actually made us supernaturally and made us in a supernatural way. So you and I are supernatural beings. And Adam was a supernatural being. I mean, he was not like, like we are. There were three rivers in the Garden of Eden and he was walking through all of them. There was no bridge. All animals obeyed him. You cannot even make your dog sit. When you say to your dog, sit, it, st- it keeps standing. <laughs> huh? But Adam had things under control. And he was a very supernatural man. That is why it sounds like a fairy tale. When we say that the serpent spoke to Adam, uh, Eve, it sounds fantastic. Recently, there was some bombing of one of these um, enemies of America. And the hero was a dog which had been trained, a a military dog, which had been trained, and the dog was able to get the man. And the dog went into a tunnel. He had been trained. Went into a tunnel, 
and they and caught the man. So they traveled with this dog with the, in the plane. And the dog was injured. So when he came back, the dog was congratulated by the president. Yes. What I'm trying to say is that human beings are still trying to talk to animals. But it's not easy for us. Are you with me? Yes. So brothers and sisters, I want you to believe in the supernatural. You are too used to being natural. Amen. But you need to believe in the supernatural. Now turn with me to Luke 6 and let me show you something supernatural about money and finances. Luke 6, 38. Now, give and it shall be given to you. Before I continue reading this verse, maybe I should just finish. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, withal it shall be measured to you again. Amen. Even if it's not true that when you give, it shall be given unto you, the fact that Jesus said that give and it shall be given unto you means that it's now true. It's now something that happens. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Because Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away. But my word, not even a jot or a tittle, which is a comma and apostrophe, will not even be erased from my words. Yes. Now, right here in this scripture, we see the working of a miracle. Now, miracles are not things that just happen, but miracles are things that are worked out. This is one of the things that people don't understand. That's why the gift is called the gift of working of miracles. A miracle is something that you work. You know, when you start in the ministry, you get the feeling that there are some people who have some magical attractions. And through their magical aura, things happen. But what you, you'll find out when you study the Bible is that many of the great things that we see are worked out. Working of miracles. The working of miracles. And that is why when Jesus spoke to the man or the servants at or his mother, I should say, spoke to the servants at the wedding. He said, they said he, she said to them, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Do what he says. That's the only advice I can give. I don't know how, what is going to happen, but whatever he says to you, do it. And you will see a miracle. A miracle of water 
turning into wine. So miracles don't just happen. Almost everybody who experienced a miracle in the Bible did something to draw the miracle out. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She said in herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She worked out a great miracle in her life. Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus. He shouted and screamed until he was noticed. Yeah. He didn't just sit down and uh, experience a miracle. He was blind from birth. That is quite something. Mention the miracle and you see there was something that somebody was doing or did that somehow led to the miracle. If you look at um, Lazarus rising from the dead, you'll see that that great miracle was done for people who had bestowed a lot of honor on Jesus. The Bible says it was that Mary who poured the alabaster box of oil on Jesus' feet. You know, because sometimes you are not sure whether it's the same Mary. But that was the Mary. The Bible says so. That was the Mary. Now, when a person who has honored you do you see, calls on you. You are far more likely to respond. Far more likely to respond. Rather than giving some lame duck excuse. Jesus could have said, you know, I'm busy. Jesus could have said, I'm very far. By the time I get there, you'll be dead. And when he died, Jesus could have gotten there and said, I've come to the funeral also. I've also come for the funeral. I'm attending the wakekeeping. Yes. But Jesus was acting on something that was already done for him and was done in the system. A great honor. And Jesus said that this woman, uh, what she has done until the end of this world, and it's happening, and today is 2021. I'm mentioning her. I don't know even some of the apostles' names, I don't know their name, but this woman, she keeps coming up. Because Jesus said it, and his words are very strong. He said, what I say, heaven and earth will pass. What I say will not pass. Because there is a real God who made heaven and earth. Are you listening to me? 
Yes. Now, when it comes to financial miracles, which are a type of miracle that we all, at one point or another, need help in and with, there is a way to invoke supernatural power for many things. Now, you may be good in the church at prayer, but if you don't get become good in that area, it will affect you. You will, you will you'll be good in prayer, you'll be good in this, good in that, but in the area of finances, you will not. And I find that many Christians are not serious about many things. You know, I've learned as a pastor, you, you, you say, we are all fasting, and you see that of a congregation of a hundred people, maybe just about eight or fifteen people are fasting. Because you will say fast, but they are, they are not fasting. Or you say you're having a floor prayer meeting, and you see that people look as oh yeah, we were on the floor meeting, but in reality, they were sleeping on the floor meeting, or they were not really flowing. Now, with, with most spiritual things, you find out that most people do just a small part of the things that are said to be done, including giving. Most people don't even pay tithes. Oh, yes. Most people don't even pay tithes and are not conscientious about paying tithes and are not afraid of using church money. They are not afraid of using church money. <laughs> they are not afraid of using, taking even money that has been given to the church and received by the church. They are not afraid of that money. How much more to, to use the money that they should have given as tithe that they haven't given. Well, they use it. I mean, that one is, the, they are not afraid to take money that is in the offering. How much more the one you haven't yet put in the offering and it is in you and no one can say you stole it. I mean, that's a hundred times easier to steal. One day I read a book. The title of the book was It's Not Working, Brother John. That's the title of the book. It's Not Working, Brother John. Yes. The title of the book is it's not working, Brother John. And this Brother John is, was a, a pastor who preached a beautiful message on tithing and giving. John Avanzini. John Avanzini. It's, it's one of the uh, very beautiful books that I've ever read. And in that book, It's Not Working, Brother John, he gives 25 reasons why it's not working for people. <laughs> yes. It's not working. So, I want to encourage you, you know, decide to be a Christian by yourself. When I was in Form 5, that I was in, it was 1980. In those days, we used to do O-level and A-level in Ghana. Everybody, Brekum, KJB, Wa. Takurade, any town of Ghana, we did O-level and A-level. And in my opinion, it was a better 
type of education than we are having today. And at that time, in 1980, I was paying tithes. I know because when the O-level results came, I had a friend whose results also came, and the person didn't do well. And I remember I was explaining to the person that you, are, you didn't pay tithes. It's not working, Brother John. No, that's how come I know that I was paying tithes in 1980. That's, I'm, just, I'm just giving it as an illustration to, to show you how many years ago when I was not a pastor and have no thought of becoming no pastor, I was paying tithes and believed that it had an effect. So I want to encourage everybody to believe that the words of Jesus are real and that they cause people to give to you. Today, the tithing, the giving message, listen, and you see it is a, a service, it's the first service. We break and then continue. It says, by this offering, I cause people to supernaturally love me. Now, you see, let me say something. Give and it shall be given unto you. It's actually an abbreviation of something. You see, before somebody decides to give to you, he may have to decide to love you or like you or choose you or favor you or select you. Huh? Before he decides to give to you. And the reason why people don't give to you is is because they haven't chosen you. They haven't liked you. They haven't favored you. Or the thought hasn't, you would think so before you do so. It hasn't occurred to them. I mean, there are times I've, I've been there when somebody comes to give me something. And the people that are with me, they need it more than I do. But it has not occurred to them that this person needs something. The person has not been selected, chosen, liked, loved, favored to be given anything. Yes. And you see, that is supernatural. It's supernatural. When Benny Hinn came to Ghana some years ago to our church, it, it was not so easy to, to host such a great person. Do you see? So when the cost of hosting him and having him here because he came with a private jet when it was presented to me do you see? Are you, are you listening or I should stop preaching? When, when, the, when it was presented to me 
I took a quality decision and I said, come. It doesn't matter what the cost is, what this cost is. Yes. It was, it was a choice I made that this person who is coming is worth that and more for me to spend money on this person. It, it is a, it's a decision. It's a decision which I wouldn't make for other people. I wouldn't choose. I wouldn't decide. Hmm. So I want you to know today, dear friend, are you listening? That before gift and it shall be given unto you can happen. Okay, so many things must happen. By this offering, I cause people, and today's offering, it says, by this offering, I cause people to supernaturally love me. To supernaturally come to me. Uh They must actually even come. Supernaturally like me. Supernaturally favor me. Supernaturally choose me. And supernaturally give to me. Yes. So by today's offering, you are going to invoke that. And somebody said, oh, no. Because you are a pastor, you are saying what you are saying about giving. But I can tell you something, maybe what you don't know is that even your job is a gift. There is somebody who can decide, doesn't want to give you that job. I'll say it again. He decides that he doesn't want to give you that job. That's when you find out that being given a job is also some, a grace. That somebody can decide to withhold from you. And what are we all doing here? Is it not all about trying to get a good job? Tell the truth. Yes. So wherever God's power is coming financially, there's some type of giving and receiving going on. And it invokes the power of God. Genesis chapter 14 and verse 15. I want you to see something very critical here. All those coming in, please come quickly. Just find a seat somewhere. Ashes, no interviews. Just quick sit sitting, please. No interviews, no discussions. Everybody should sit down quickly. In Genesis 14, we see one of the richest men on earth ever to live saying something. It says, and he divided, Abraham divided himself against them. Beautiful. Abraham divided himself against them. All right, let's from verse 14. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, and pursued them unto Dan. 
Are you listening? And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them. And he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot. Okay? His, his brother Lot, or his cousin Lot, had been taken, out, taken captive. So, Abraham went fighting. He had his own personal army. And he went fighting and recovered his brother. You recover everything that is lost and stolen from you by the enemy in the name of Jesus. Now, when Abraham came back from his victory in this battle, two kings came to see him. Two kings. Bible says the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter. And of the kings that were with him, some of other kings came along. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and water. And he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. And, he, and blessed be the most high God, which has delivered thine enemies into thine hand. So Melchizedek came with bread and wine like a priest today. And Abraham gave him tithes. So there was giving and receiving. There was giving and there was receiving. Is it beautiful? Now, when the king of Sodom, who was standing by, saw that there was some giving and receiving. Are you watching? He became jealous. I don't know whether he knew that there were some principles that were being invoked. So the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand to the Lord, the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. I will not take from thee a thread Eh? and even to a shoe latchet or a shoelace and that I will not take anything that is thine you cannot give to me I will never allow you to give to me that the king of Sodom Sodom's king even a shoelace when you saw I will not receive it because I'm not going to allow the blessing to even start nearing, coming near you. You know, you know that your place is cursed. Lest thou shouldest say, I made Abraham rich. Save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me. Let them take their portion. Only the electricity bill you can pay. You can't pay anything else. When it came to the king of Sodom, the, you see, give it shall be given. Give it shall be that sort of exchange. No, nothing like that between me and you. Nothing like that between me. You give, I give, you give, I give, you give, I give. No, no, never. Never. <laughs> Melchizedek, yes, he's a priest of God. So they're giving and receiving. I give him tithes. 
He gives me bread and wine. There's giving, there's receiving, there's giving, there's receiving. You are activating a power and a principle that you and I don't know how it came to exist, but it's a principle that was here before we came. Last week, the rocket landed on Mars and they sent video of Mars. It's like a desert, it's like Sahara Desert. Sand, you see the sound, and with the sounds, there's wind on Mars. Yeah, wind. And you hear the sound in the video. And they, they, they say it's like, it's like a land of ghosts. There's nobody there. This is the nearest planet. And there are many planets. We are new on this earth. I'm telling you, we, are, we, we don't know who we are. I don't know why we think we are the center of the universe. Hey, boy. There are things that were here before we came. We are nothing. We are really, really, really nothing. And God is welcoming us to his kingdom. Wretched human beings like us. And he sent his son Jesus to show us principles. Principles of how things work. It's now that we are discovering these some of the principles that allow a rocket to fly in six months to get to Mars. These things have been there all along. When Jesus took the bread and the wine, he says, this is my body. You see, he was creating immediately. So ladies and gentlemen, allow there to be giving and receiving in your life. Yes. You are going to work out a great miracle of God. Take your tithes, take your offerings, take everything that you have to give. I'm feeling my first drops of rain. And then our first service will be over and we'll be back after the rain. <laughs> yes. If you are giving with Vodafone, if Vodafone doesn't work here, on those in America, England, everywhere, you know how to give. Give your tithes, your first offering, second offering. Give your um, building offering, everything all in one. And then God is going to bless us mightily. Amen. Lift up your offering and let us pray. Father, thank you as we sow this special seed today. Bless us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. day of good news 
And this is the time to preach about Jesus Christ. This generation of Christians is responsible for this generation of souls. Lost people, they matter to God. So they must matter to you And the command has been to go But most of us have stayed at home Let's talk about Jesus, Jesus of the world. Oh, Let's talk about the right to hear the gospel twice while the rest of the world has not heard it even once the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions so the nearer we get to Jesus the more missionary we become sympathy is no substitute for action Christ died for me Then no sacrifice Can be too great oh, For me To make for my dear Savior So I'm gonna tell the world Jesus I'm gonna tell the world Join me All you have to do is Tell the world, tell the world, tell the world that Jesus is. Tell the world, tell the world, tell the world that Jesus is. And thou shalt bring forth the Son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. second coming of Christ while the rest of the world has not heard of the first coming why are we keeping silent about this good news if you found the cure for corona hey, wouldn't it be inconceivable to hide it from the rest of the world So How much more Inconceivable Oh To keep silent About my Jesus Savior 
shout it from the rooftop, sing it, Jesus. Jesus, Savior of the world. Oh, all you got to do is tell the world, tell the world, tell the world that Jesus saves. Tell the world, tell the world, tell the world, tell the world about Jesus. Jesus is the answer for the world today. I'm singing, I'm preaching the fire. Jesus, Savior of the world. He's the only reason that we're here. So I'm gonna tell the world about Tell the world about I'll tell the world about Jesus. Jesus loves you 
second service I didn't hear you are you excited to be at the second service even the sun is not tired after the rain the sun has come out again ask your neighbor why do you look tired hallelujah were you blessed by the greater love choir this afternoon they sang they sang and ministered very powerfully did you feel the anointing and I believe the presence of God is already here this afternoon. And um, the, song, the song they sang that blessed me was, We Must Cherish the Times We Have. And I believe this afternoon, we are blessed to be here in the Jesus Savior of the World Square. Right here where the anointing is. And one day we'll be telling our children and our friends that we were there. And it matters that we were there. And we heard something. And we saw something. And we touched something. And our lives were never the same. And I believe today, our time has come. This is our set time. And we must cherish these moments in the presence of God. And the prophet is here. He's ready to speak. He's, he's, I, I, I can feel the energy, the, the spiritual energy that is waiting to descend on you this afternoon 
I can, I can feel the readiness of the mantle to touch your life and to bless your life. Here on stage, I can already feel the Holy Spirit. And this is a spiritual church. I can sense the presence of angels here this afternoon. And God is about to speak. God is about to touch you. You're about to connect with something supernatural. And I believe that your life will never be the same. It doesn't matter where you are sitting. It doesn't matter who you are sitting by. I came to tell you this afternoon that nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God. And if your spirit is open to receive what God has for you, I tell you there are angels all over this place transmitting God's blessing. Lift your voice and sing. Nothing is impossible when we trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard for me? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word. Today is your day. Oh, everything. Oh, everything. Yes, everything is possible with God. Come on, one final time, let's lift our voices and declare nothing, nothing is impossible. When you put your trust in God, are you expecting something from God? Then close your eyes, lift your hands, and sing in faith. Sing in faith. Sing from your heart. Say, hearken to the voice of God. Is there anything too hard? Then put your trust in God alone and rest upon His word for everything. Oh, everything. Oh, everything. Yes, everything is possible. Give the Lord a shout. Lift your hands in expectation as we welcome the prophet to speak, to bless, and to prophesy. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thank you for your goodness and making it possible to have this second service right here on the Jesus Savior of the world square we are grateful Lord for an opportunity We're grateful to be here we thank you for all these chances and opportunities that we have Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Um, thank God for an, an opportunity to be here. Before I uh, say anything further, I just want to honor the memory and the life of our a brother, uh, one of our dear church members and dear brother, um, Kojo Bensiencho, who passed away this week, not from COVID, from some, some other causes. Um, and I want to say that uh, I cherish his life and his memory because he's, he's been with us as part of my life and ministry 
right from the very beginning. And uh, he was the lawyer who did all the work for us to, when we were acquiring the Kodesh. Yes. And uh, did many things in the church over the years. One of the most humbling days of my life was the day that we were b- digging uh, in the polygonal basement. And then I saw him come at that time we were carrying, we were digging out the sand and we're carrying on our heads and bringing it out because we're digging a deep hole. And I saw him carrying the sand on his head. A lawyer, he came from his chambers or whatever you call it, the firm. I don't know, you know the name, okay? His chambers, yeah. And he came to, car- to dig and to carry some of the sand that we used to build uh, to, to dig the, the basement of the Collegono Cathedral, our very first church building. So he's a dear brother and he's gone to be with the Lord. He crossed 70 with ease. Amen. <laughs> and uh, I saw him last week and spoke with him and I, I told him all the things that I remembered about him. He's a personal friend of my wife and myself. We used to go to his house uh, visiting many times in the different places that he's been over the years. So I thank God and I think his children are here. Are you here somewhere? Must be here somewhere. And um, it's been a blessing. Father, I just want to thank you for the life of our brother, Kojo Benciencho, whom you gave to us and you sent him to help me through the years. He has been part of this great commission that we have been involved in playing the piano in church uh, helping with many things through the years his presence his support legally and in every other way thank you father for great people that we can remember and cherish the times that they were with us all these years we give you thanks and we give you praise for his life, for the life of Kojo Benciencho, a lawyer who you sent to support us, to fight for us, to do things, to help your work and your church. We give you thanks. And we always remember him and be grateful for his life. Thank you, Lord. Help us who are left behind to do what we have to do um, so that one day we'll stand before you in glory with thanksgiving. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give a clap offering to the Lord. Um, As Bishop Joshua was saying, uh, we should cherish the times we have. You know, you you, you don't know how precious those times are till they are gone. And then they are gone forever. And you, you look back and you say, wow. You know, I was, I was blessed to be involved in this and in that and in that and in that. And that's what matters in eternity. And last week he told me, you wrote, when you, he, he told me something, because I, I was recounting so many things. And he said to me, before you wrote the book on remembrance, you used to preach about it like this. I was talking to him, he was lying in bed. Yeah. 
So, you know, the times we have to serve God, they are very important times. And we shouldn't allow anything or anybody or any circumstance to keep us from doing what we have to do. Because even as a church, we are growing and we are seeing certain milestones we never saw before. <laughs> and we are seeing people, you know, the, the church in heaven is growing. <laughs> Do you understand? Because the Bible says that we are the brethren here, the family of whom heaven, who are in heaven and earth. So we are, we are both in heaven and on earth. And the one in heaven is growing. So those of us who are on earth, you never know how long you have. But you must do your very best. And um, it will be worth it when you do your very best. I remember, you know, let me just talk about it. I feel like saying it. You know, one, one time when we finished buying the Kodesh and he was the lawyer who dealt with the Lebanese people and all those things for us. So when uh, it was all over, I, I, I realized that I had not talked about money. So I said, you know, can you give us the bill? But it, I, was, I, was, I didn't mean that he should really give us the bill. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I just wanted to be sort of polite. But it would be like, it's not that I'm taking it for granted. I don't want to be presumptuous. So he also sent a bill. And in those days, we used fax machines. So the, the bill he sent came in the form of a fax. Now, do you know fax paper? It almost finished the fax, the whole fax roll. Because it came long. Hey! So when they came to show me the bill, they said, this is the bill. I said, no, no, no. Don't worry, I'll see him. So when he came to church, I called him, he came down and uh, to the basement, which he had helped to dig. And uh, here was the bills. I said, take your bill. It's an opportunity for you. It's a blessing. Yes. And he humbly took the bill away. He had, the, I think, the largest law firm in Ghana. Yes. The most prestigious and largest law firm in the whole country. Huh? The top. Yes, for years. Being the top most. I said, and the best. The lawyers are shouting to me, top, best, this, that. Yes. So I gave him his bill. I said, no, 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 no. It cannot help us. Look, you are blessed. <laughs> wow. What a blessing. But I remember last week, Monday, I was in his house. And I was talking to him. And, and I said, Kojo, we will remember all that you've, you've done. And he said, I, I wish I could have done more. Yes. I wish I could have done more. I knew that I wouldn't see him again. But I, I felt it in my spirit. But I, I told him. And he said, I wish I could have done more. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is how it feels. 
He looked back and I wish I could have done more. <laughs> so what a blessing. Anyway. All right. Time to preach. I'm going to preach a short message. You like short messages? Okay. Uh-huh. Amen. If you want short messages, you have to go to other churches. Okay? Because our short is quite long. So I don't know how the long is like. <laughs> All right. Now, First Corinthians, the great door is open unto us. Let's read it. First Corinthians 16 and verse number nine. A great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Amen. Now, today, God has given you a great door. If you are alive, you are here. Okay? There's a great door because you could be dead. So this door that is before you, you're supposed to go through it and do well. Now, the verse says, a great door is open and there are many adversaries. Well, I want to say that there are many adversaries, but they are in four groups. Okay? So today, let's look at the first group of adversaries. There are only four of them. The first group of adversaries or enemies of your progress. Okay? Amen. Men. Humans. Okay? Now, Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. Beware of what? Men. Okay? But beware of men. And I know some of you are expecting devils. Demons. Yes. The Bible says... Beware of men. Now, know your enemies and know yourselves. And in a hundred battles, you will never be defeated. Know your enemy and know yourself. And in a hundred battles in this life, you'll never be defeated. This is a true statement. Now, one day I was watching a, a, a film about how uh, Russia spies on America and how America spies on Russia. I think one time, I don't know, one of them built an embassy in the other country and they used 
I think America built an embassy in Russia and they used Russian workers at a point. You know, there was nowhere in the embassy that they could speak at a point that the enemy was not listening to them. And they, 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 at a the point, they had to break down the, because it was in the walls everywhere. They had to break down the embassy. Yes. You know, some of the floors and rebuild it with American workers and different workers because they had planted things in the concrete, in the cement and the other way as well and connected down underground to the sewage. I mean, with a man underground, an FBI agent is listening to them through the pipes in the toilet downstairs. It's fantastic. Now, you see that enemies always want to know more about their enemy. And they know that they are all doing it. Because it's important to know about your enemy, what he can do, and what he is. And that is why, if the Bible says, if Paul said that, oh, there's an open door, but there are many adversaries. It's important to know what type of adversaries and who they are. Now, I want to say, do you know what is the meaning of the word aggression? What does it mean, aggression? We don't have a screen right here. We have, I have one right here, but uh, what does aggression mean? It means an action, all right, unprovoked offensive attack or invasion. Okay, so the enemy's aggression on your life through human beings. Do you see? Are you there? Aggression against you is in this era veiled. It's always veiled and indirect. It's never open. When enemies are human beings, who are human beings, are fighting you, and there's aggression or offensive attack against you, in this era, it's always veiled and indirect. Because to be openly an enemy is not acceptable anymore. I mean, America is openly a friend of Russia. You get what I'm saying? In terms of the open, what do you call it? We win the election, you call the other one and hello, how are you? You have embassies, congratulations. Things like that. Openly, you, you can't be openly aggressive and openly hateful. Okay? It's not accepted and it's not acceptable. So today, all forms of aggression by fellow human beings is, has these two characteristics. It's veiled and it's indirect. When somebody is fighting you, you never see it openly. And when somebody is killing you or hurting you, it will never be open. But it will be veiled and it will be indirect because it's unacceptable in society, inappropriate 
to be openly against someone. So every Christian must be aware of this important list of men. Okay? In John chapter 2, Jesus said, the Bible says, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. So you too must know all men. What do you think? Huh? Yes. You must also know men. To be like Jesus, you must know men. I once had a book called Know Your Men. I think I'm probably going to write that one again. Know your men. You must know men. All right? Greater love members, come and sit down, please. All right? So you must know men if you are going to win and overcome. Amen. Now, Matthew 10 verse 36. It says, a man's foes, foes or enemies shall be they of his own household. A man's foes. So enemies. So when the Bible says there are many adversaries, you know, we usually say we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So human beings are not the problem. But I want you to know, the Bible says, beware of men. Human beings are very much a part of the problem. You know, anytime I talk about men being dangerous, I always remember our crusade in South Africa, um, Kuruman, I believe it was, Kuruman. It's, there's a city called Kuruman in South Africa. That is where David Livingston was, and that is where he even found a wife and all that. And there is a statue of David Livingston, and he was attacked there by a lion. And he, his, hand, his arm was bitten, so apparently he had a problem with his arm all his life because of the lion's bite or the lion attack. But I always remember the tour guide, the person who took us round. He said to us that in the days of David Livingston, the dangers were wild animals. But today, that, I'm telling you what he said, but today the dangers are human beings. Because if today human beings can attack you, I'm robbers, I mean all kinds of things can happen to you through human beings. Not like, it's not likely, you know, I've never met anybody who's been bitten by a lion like in my life. Except myself. I, I know that I've been bitten by a lion before. <laughs> yes, I've been bitten by a lion before. A real lion bit me, but it was a baby lion. <laughs> a lion is a lion, is a lion, is a lion. <laughs> and if that was the bite of a baby lion, I don't know what the bite of a grown-up is going to be like. 
So today, human beings are great dangers to themselves. And you need to know that. So number one, Jesus warns you about men. But beware of men. Alright? So now you must now be on the lookout and say, hey, which man? So turn to your right and see if there could be a man or woman. I don't know why the women are not shouting and say, why do you gender? Don't be gender. What? Gender balance. There must be gender balance. Why don't you mention women? Huh? Why, why, are you, why are you not calling out that I would be fair and balanced in this matter? Now, number two, Paul warns you about men as well. Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you. <laughs> Beware lest any man spoil you. Through philosophy, vain deceit, and after the tradition of men, and after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you, destroy you. Now, if you look at your life, you realize that there are certain bad things you learn them through men. Yes. Is it not true? Yes. The seniors in school taught you bad things. True or not true? There is one brother I remember he said to me, I have taught so many people how to smoke, how to smoke weed. And how to do bad things and how to chase girls. That I need to teach many people about Christ. So he said to me, I feel so bad of the things that I've done. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know there are men. And I don't know why the women are not shouting. Also women, women. We don't want to be left out. I thought the women would be shouting. We don't want to be left out of this. We want a balance. Please be balanced. You are, you, are, you are a man. That's why you've left us out. How many have noticed that the women are not shouting for balance and all that kind of thing? Because there are people who say, whatever a man can do, a woman can do better. So if a man can spoil you, a woman can spoil you better, according to that theory. Mercy. Beware lest any man spoil you. 
Everybody take your phone and write down anybody who has spoiled your life. Write down the person's name. Somebody has spoiled you. The person has taught you pornography, has taught you fornication, has taught you adultery, has has messed you up, has spoiled you, abused you. Paul said, beware lest any man spoil you. Write down and take note that men are dangerous. And some of you, you are not yet spoiled, but you are about to be spoiled by a man or a woman. I don't know why the women are not screaming others. Others now, otherwise we will leave the church. (laughs) This church favors men. From today, anybody you sense is spoiling you, disconnect from the person in the name of Jesus. I release you from captivity in the name of Jesus. Ah! You are teaching me how to smoke, you are teaching me how to fornicate. A grown up mama is teaching you, a young boy, how to sleep with a grown up lady. Disconnect in the name of Jesus. She is spoiling you. Listen. When you become a man, a a boy, who sleeps with anything that is wearing a skirt, you get what I'm saying? What you don't realize that your life is spoiled because now you can't marry. What is marriage? You can't stay with one person. You can't. You are spoiled. Yes. You can't. <laughs> you, you are, your life is spoiled. You don't understand how to stay with one person. It's difficult. Because you are spoiled in the real sense of the word spoil. A lady who calls yourself um, your mother, an auntie, is teaching you, a young boy in school, how to have sex. And you, you, you are not able to recognize that this woman is a witch, as far as I'm concerned. She's spoiling your whole life. Because once you are able to sleep with somebody who can give birth to you, you get what I'm saying? There is no limit to your your life. After that, it's like now the borders are open. You are going to fly. The borders are open. You are a girl and a man is teaching you bad things. You were pure. There was not even a pimple on your face. And now your face is more than the face of a leopard. 
people represents your worries and your troubles. You are training, you are being trained in evil by somebody who calls himself a pastor or a grown up or an uncle or a cousin in your house or your senior brother. spoiling you all. You are changing. You were sweet. You were innocent. You were pure. He says, beware lest any man spoil you. Spoil. Beware. And you are happily climbing into the car of a spoiler. I said what? You are happily climbing into the car of a spoiler. Tinted windows. <laughs> it, is, it may be a BMW but it's a spoiler's car. After your interaction with this man, your life, you are spoiled. You know, one lady said, my daughter has been sleeping with a man. And then the other child, how, how do you know? She said, I am a woman, I know. She has changed. Something has changed about her. Something has changed. When you ask her, she said, no. But she said, I am her mother. I know she's changed. How many can see that something changes? Something changes. Don't let anybody spoil you. Young girls. Eh? No matter you call a person papa. Papa. Paps. I'll knock your head just now, you see. Papa, is it a pizza that you are saying, Papa? Now, if somebody buys you a phone, does it mean he has permission to spoil your life as well? Is that the cost of the phone? Your whole life is spoiled. You are changed because of a phone. You are changed because of 200 CDs. You should have stayed with your young phone and kept yourself. You are spoiled now. spoil you there is a great door open before you but there are many adversaries and some of the adversaries are men 
And I don't know why the women will not shout. And women too, we are also there. A brother described how he was being held by a so-called auntie. I tell you, she changed his life. When she did the first move, he said, I collapsed in the, in the room. He said, I, he, she, he said, I went unconscious. <laughs> because I've not seen some before. I, I went unconscious. So when I came to my consciousness, she was there. <laughs> Okay. Beware lest any man spoil you. I don't want you to be spoiled. Tell three people I don't want you to be spoiled because you are nice as you are. I don't want anything to spoil you. Tell three uh, those who are not getting up are already spoiled. They are already spoiled. So they feel that there is no hope in this message. They are spoiled already. Okay, social distancing, please. Now, you will not be spoiled further than you are as, as we speak. How many realize that sometimes you can taste some meat, but you feel that it's spoiled, but it's not very spoiled? Have you seen that? And then there's spoiled which is really spoiled. From today, your spoiling ends right now. You will not be spoiled more than you are spoiled. In Jesus' name. Sit down. Number three. Wicked and unreasonable men. I'm on men. Only men. I'm not going further than men. So the first one is Jesus warned about men. Number two, men can spoil your life. Number three, wicked and unreasonable men. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse two. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. Now, you see, Paul said, pray for us. Pray for us. Are you listening? At the back, nobody should talk. Even at crusades, we don't allow people to talk. There are men, I'm talking about the great door that is open before you in your life. There are wicked and unreasonable men whom can change the course of your life and ministry. 
And these type of things, people, are overcome by prayers. That's why Paul said, pray for us. You see, spoiling, you overcome it by recognizing that you are spoiling me. I can never do that to a man until today. Where you have taught me what to do to a man or to a girl. Or a man to man. I've not heard of it till I met you. You are spoiling me. This one, there are wicked and unreasonable men. Now, these two characteristics, when they join, form a very deadly combination. And throughout my life and ministry, I have encountered wicked and unreasonable men that you have to pray about. Yes. Even this campus, we met unreasonable people. Unreasonable and wicked people in the development of where we are. When a wicked man gets you sexually, by the time he leaves you, you have no respect again. Because he will waste you until there is no esteem the wickedness. Yes, that's wickedness. You know, when a wicked man gets your car and abuses the car and comes to park, he says, that's your car. You know, when you see the car, the car is a, he felt like going to the toilet, he didn't get, even get up. He sat in the car and released everything. Yes. And the smell is in the car still. So yes, it's a car. But it's, it's a devalued car. One day I met a brother, he, his car had just been stolen. They just took it from him right in front of the church. And uh, when the car came, he said he doesn't like the car again. Yes. By the time a wicked person has finished with you, you now, you have become low. Low. So you, you must you see, he said, let us pray that we may be delivered. Now, in Christian circles, they say, oh, I'm going for deliverance. <laughs> Usually, deliverance is about demons. But this deliverance is from men. Wicked and unreasonable. You realize that they, they, are, they are not kind. And in your life, when you encounter wicked men and unreasonable men, you must know how to pray. Because if you don't pray, and you don't mention their names before the throne, and you don't deal with their presence in your life, in the spirit, they will stand as obstacles to any good thing that is for you. They will block you. And if you don't take over the time they finish with you, you see that a wickedness has been manifested on you. And something that has no reason has blocked you 
out of every good thing that you are supposed to experience. The Bible calls one class of devils rulers of the darkness. When Jesus met Kenneth Hagin, he told Kenneth Hagin that you are light, the light of the world. Unbelievers are darkness. And there are demons that rule them. Rulers of the darkness. So they rule men. And they make the men wicked and unreasonable. And that is why many situations, you see that you are in captivity. You can't get out. You can't come out. A neighbor will be walking up his, to the top floor, down to the top bottom, up, down, and he meets you, a young boy, and will teach you wickedness. It's not even, you don't even know what he's saying. As he take your anus to train you in wickedness. That's why people go to prison for that. They go to prison for abusing children. So, prayer is important. And I'm, say, I'm preaching this prayer, preaching, because I want you not to say, oh, my spoiler is my best friend. Or my spoiler is my uncle. Or my spoiler is my bishop. Or my spoiler is my pastor. It's nonsense. A spoiler is a spoiler. Even if it's a reverend, it's a spoiler. That's what it actually is. And I'm saying it so that you get... There are some people who think that if you say something about somebody, it is wrong. If a person is spoiling your life, it's spoiling your life, and you better say otherwise, you'll be in captivity. Yeah. There are people who live in the house with cousins, relatives, sometimes visitors, sometimes uncles, and people that are visiting, but your parents cannot imagine that this man whom you have welcomed, he has welcomed in the house, this is what he's doing to the children in the house. Wicked man! You better say it. Because the Bible says, all men have not faith. Not everybody has beliefs in God. Number four. Men who do not fear God. When you encounter a man who doesn't fear God, eh? I always pray, meet somebody who fears God. Yeah, because if in your life, you meet somebody who doesn't fear God. Because it's only the fear of God that controls people sometimes. It's like, I respect God. I have some respect for God. Yeah, I have some respect for God. Because of my respect for God, my fear for God, I can't do this. I can't steal from you. I can't betray you like this. I can't turn against you. When you trust me, I can't do this. In every film, either the most trusted person, the father-in-law or the stepfather or a relative or I mean you can't believe is doing something. 
And you're always surprised at who is the one. <laughs> wow. Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17. Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt. How he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou was faint and weary, and he feared not God. He did what? He feared not God. Remember what Amalek did. The feeble ones. Small boys. Small girls. What he did to the feeble ones. And have changed people's personalities. Changed people's lives. Amalek. He comes behind and takes the weak ones and small, small things. And changes them. And molest them because he does not fear God. One of the dangers is to meet somebody who doesn't fear God. I don't care whether he's wearing a collar, he's a reverend or bishop. You have to fear God. But there are those who don't fear God. Derek Prince, one day he was preaching about fearing God. He said, Look, the, the, the importance of fearing God. Very great. If you don't fear God, there are some things you, you will not be held back. He said, remember what Amalek did. By the way, when you were come forth out of Egypt, you were coming out. How he met thee by the way and smote the hindmost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou was faint and weary, and he feared not God. Watch out for people who don't fear God. And in Genesis chapter 20, the Bible says Abraham came. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, she is a man's wife. You see, people who go for people's wives, you are a dead man. You are a dead man. The Bible says, behold, thou art a dead man. You are dead. Shall I continue preaching? I should stop. I should, I should, I should stop it. a dead man for the woman that thou hast taken she is a man's wife but Abimelech had not come near her and he said Lord will thou slay also a righteous nation did he not say she is my sister in the integrity of, integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this and God said to him in a dream I know for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. When you haven't done certain things, it is the hand of God that has held you back 
from doing those things. God told Abimelech, it is my hand that held you from doing anything. Therefore, call this man for he is a prophet and he shall pray for thee and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. You and those that belong to you, you will die because you have gone for somebody's wife. Yes. You know, one man was asked, I don't want to go into details, but he was asked, why are you not getting married? He said, oh, I don't need to marry. I sleep with people's wives. Yes. He told his students, I sleep with people's wives, so I don't, I don't marry. That's why I'm not married. I don't want to tell you how he ended. Now, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants. And told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid because they were all going to suffer. You see, those of you who God speaks to you, you wake up early in the morning, you start frying eggs, eating cornflakes, I mean, doing other things, fooling around. When God has spoken to you, you rise up early in the morning and start implementing what God has told you. People don't do that. No wonder life never changes. And there's no breakthrough. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said, What have you done to us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou? What did you see in us that you have done this thing? What, what did you see in us? And listen to Abraham's answer. And Abraham said, Because I thought Surely the fear of God is not in this place. And they will slay me for my wife's sake. The fear of God is not in this place. So brothers and sisters, when you meet people who don't fear God, it's not good. So sometimes sometimes when I'm going to see somebody, I want to know the person's beliefs. Because people who don't fear God, it's different in dealing with it. Even when you work, if you, if you go to work, the person you are working for under, it doesn't fear God. You have a different experience from somebody who fears God. Yeah. I don't know where you work. But may God grant you the grace to be with people who fear God. Not people who say they are Christians. People who fear God. Number five. The next dangerous man. Uh, Are you learning about these adversaries? Yes. Some of you, you should be able to diagnose with that. This man, you don't fear God. You don't fear God. Fear God will be afraid of somebody's wife. Because the person is somebody's wife. Yes. Number five. Men who are liars. They are dangerous men. Jeremiah chapter 9. Oh, that my head were waters and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I may weep day and night 
for the slain of the daughter of my people. All that I had in the wilderness, a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them. Why? For they are all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men. Notice verse 3. And they, I hope you are not sending WhatsApp. Is it possible that you are sending a message when I'm preaching? Father, anyone who is sending a message, what shall happen to the person? Mercy. Lord, the next message, let it boomerang. Verse 3. Listen, and they their tongues like their bow for lies and they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth you see when you bend your tongue like a bow hey, your tongue is like a bow bow and arrow I heard somebody say bow and arrow but it's bow and arrow (laughs) No, no, I'm just telling you what I heard. It's bow and arrow. Okay. (laughs) Now, verse 4. Are you with me in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 4? Take heed every one of his neighbor. Everybody should be careful of his neighbor. And trust you not in any brother. For every brother will utterly supplant or deceive. And every neighbor will walk with slanders. And they will deceive everyone his neighbor. And they will not speak the truth. For they have taught their tongue to speak lies. And weary themselves to commit iniquity. Their habitation is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, says the Lord. Liars are close to devils. Liars are what? Close to what? Because the devil is the father of what? Lies. So you are always near your father. You are never far from your father. Beware of a man who lies. Get up and tell three people, I'm afraid of you if you are a liar. I am afraid of you. I'm, I'm from today. I, I fear you. I fear you. Beware every man of his neighbor. Take heed every one of his neighbor. Now, sit down. Do you know why God is telling you, listen, from today, you will not be a liar again. Lying is going out of your life forever in Jesus' name. You must learn when somebody asks you a question that you don't want to answer. 
just learn to say, excuse me, can, can, I, can I be excused? I, I need to I need to be excused. I need to use the bathroom now. Excuse me, please. That's all. But don't lie. Don't lie. As soon as you lie, you have changed. Excuse me, please. Listen. Recently, I watched a film. I didn't understand it till today as I'm preaching. It comes to my mind. In the film, there was a father and a son. And the father was an implementer of justice, like not real justice, like he was for the gang. Anybody who has to be killed or sorted out, he was the blue man. But when his son grew up, his son didn't want to have anything to do with his father. He said his father is a killer and a dangerous and a bad man. So the way the film went on, in the end, the son became involved in a problem. And the father had to now come and use his skills. Do you understand the the, the film now? Do you understand the film now? He had to use his skills to save the his son. Now, about three times in the film, three times, I noticed them, but as I'm preaching now, I remember. Three times, the son took a gun to shoot somebody who was about to kill him. And the father said, don't, don't do it! Don't do it! And the father rather came to kill the guy. About three different people. And every time he said, if you do it, you will become like me. And I don't want you to become like me. I don't want you to kill anybody. As soon as you kill one person, that you become a killer. Three times, the guy was about to kill. No, 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 no. Then you kill the person. He said, you become like me. You become me. As for the father, he knew that he was a killer and his life was ending. His life also ended in the film, but he wanted his son not to start. Get up and find somebody. Say, never don't open your mouth to tell a lie. You will become like the devil. You will become like the devil. I want to save you from becoming the devil. You will become like the devil. Never, never. Hallelujah. Don't even start. Tell your neighbor, don't start. Don't even start. Don't start. You change. You change. Sit down. Number six. Forward men. Forward, forward, they are dangerous men. To and fro, to, toward and forward. It's a word in the King James Bible. And this one, you need wisdom to protect yourself. 
Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6. The Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth. Verse 12. To deliver thee from the way of the evil man. From the man that speaketh forward things. Who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. Who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked. Now the word forward, it means contrary, willfully contrary, disobedient, headstrong, insubmissive, obstinate, refractory, stubborn, untoward, unyielding. Any hard man, too stubborn and always leading rebellions, never joins such a person. Now, you've, you've met a bad person. The Bible calls him an evil man. Chobwe, 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 we are, we are going to know, we're not going to sit down, tell him now these people, no, this is what. Don't join it, oh. You'll be shocked. All those who rebelled against Moses and against institutions that God has set up. It doesn't usually go well. Yes. You know, there are great institutions. You see, like the institution of Her Majesty, the Queen. Something that has been there for years. It's not, you you don't just rise against it. In England, they don't like such things. If you say something against their queen, they don't like it at all. And there are institutions, they, are, they, they were there hundreds of years. All those things, they are history. Oh, yes. Ancient churches. Even the Catholic Church. I mean, where is Martin Luther and where is the Catholic Church? Martin Luther stirred up something, but the Catholic Church is solidly still there. You have to fear and respect great institutions which exist and people who have made themselves permanently rebellious against things sometimes that God himself has set up. But the Bible says God is the one who sets up authorities. You should be careful. Yes. There are people I've heard in this country. People say, I'm now going to turn my attention to the church. Yes. I'm not going to turn my attention. And that was the beginning of the end. When that man said that thing, that was when his power started to finish. Yeah. The church was here before, before there was democracy. The church was in Ghana before Ghana was a country called Ghana. On this very mountain, the first post office, first police station, first hospital was up here in Aburi. And churches, they are all here, 1847. Before Ghana became Ghana in 1957, please. Beware of ancient things that you have made yourself a rebel against great things that God has established. Forward, always opposing the, uh, the English dictionary says willfully contrary, contrary, always against. 
Always against. I'm against this. I'm against him. I'm against that. I'm against everything I see. The Bible says, God gives you wisdom so that you don't follow such things. Are you there? Yes. So be careful in your quest to fight great things. If God doesn't like his church, he will dissolve the church in one second. It will not be there. Yes. What we have today as the church, we are just a little like, I don't know how to describe, like the lining of something far bigger than any of us can control. None of us can control the church. The church is very strong and big. People have tried to spoil the church. Oppose it. Rebel. <laughs> you find yourself. Where, where will you be? Yeah. Up to today, 2021, the Catholic Church is the only church when the pastor speaks, it comes on CNN and BBC. As I'm speaking now, it will not come on CNN or BBC. Even Joy FM, will, uh, you don't think it will come on Joy FM. so brothers and sisters don't associate yourself with stubborn rebellious people who make speeches against this, against this, against that oh, we don't go sit down with this and that it leads to nothing are you there? and finally for gender balance Because I'm not getting any shouts or gender balance. (laughs) Strange women. They are also men. But there are some men who are also strange. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Instructions. Be blessed if you are ever given instructions. Few people get instructions in this life. Principles, yes, you'll be told. But instructions like do this. Sit here. Go here. Take this. Don't do this. Have this. Eat this. You'll get poor. It's an onapos. Bible says the reproofs of instruction. Because many times instructions rebuke your, your way. My father told me don't drive anybody's car. That's all. And that was the end of driving people's cars. My father told me that. My father told me that. Do this. Do that. There are people that have given me instructions. This week one of my Mentors and fathers also passed away. Fred Price. Yeah. He's somebody I admired, learned from, and he died at the age of 89. Now, do you know one thing I never got from him? I never got an instruction from him. You know, I have to listen to his preaching and take a plan based on what he said. Yeah. Like he's talking about something, then it, it, it gives me an idea of something to do. That's all. 
I was getting principles, ideas, influence, but an instruction like, do this or do this. I never got anything like that from him. Yeah. Idahosa. Archbishop Idahosa. I, once he gave me a, a clear instruction. I was in a hotel with him. I were eating lunch. And I stopped eating. And I just packed my... I put my fork and knife together and I finished. He said, Hey! <laughs> this food is very expensive, man. Eh? <laughs> Eat it. Eat all. <laughs> I took my fork and my knife and I started eating. Yes. Rightly so. Yes. What you do? You eat. Eat it. My father in Malaysia, one of my fathers, I'm sitting eating with him and his wife. His wife will put food in my plate. Eat. You don't like eating. She tells my wife, your husband, he doesn't like eating. Eat. What do you do? You eat. It is one of the greatest blessings to ever have somebody to ever give you like an instruction. Just do something that is it. Do this. Do this. Do this. You will not get in your world. I'm telling you. Ask for ideas and principles and scriptures you will get. But instructions. Pray that you ever have instructions. It's a great blessing to keep thee from the evil woman. The old man sitting at the bottom of the Iroko tree can see further than the young boy who has climbed to the topmost branch of the Iroko tree. And he's using binoculars. But the old man sitting down there who has crossed his legs. He says, this one is a bad thing. It's coming. Run for your life. And you say, oh no, but she's beautiful. She's my taste. She's my delight. This is what I like. This is what I need. She's soft and smooth. She understands me. When I move to the left, she moves to the left. When I move to the right, she's ready to move to the right. Wow. Synchronous. <laughs> the reproofs of instruction to keep thee from an evil, even relationships. Yeah. There are people, God gives them to you for instructions. God gives to you for instructions. God will say, God will tell you through that person. No, 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 no. This, no. This one, okay. If you get, if you get the reproofs of instruction. And what is it for? To keep you from the evil woman. Whose heart is snares and nets 
To keep thee from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. One day a brother brought a sister. I said, where do you know her from? He started mentioning an orthodox church. I said, look. Brother. Verse 25. Last not after her beauty in thine heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. There's a film called Taken. Taken one, taken two, taken three. Don't let her take thee with thine eyelids. You close your eyes and you, to sleep and that's all you are seeing. You are remembering somebody. Your heart is beating. When you wake up, your pillow is wet. You are dreaming and thinking. Your mind is on her. When you think about her, your heart rate increased to 120. Proverbs 2 verse 16 from the strange woman even from the stranger which flattereth with her words which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. When you were a young girl you were guided in your youth eh? to be decent to dress well but she has forsaken the guide of her youth as she's sitting there, it's only left with the areolas that you are not seeing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an undercut. the nearest sister have you forsaken the guide of thy youth like your youthful the guide you had you know some of you if your mother was to see you in operation eh, she cannot believe it all like I mean, I mean Charlie, are you serious your mother cannot believe that you this is you this is what you are wearing this is what you are look at how you are dressed you are wearing hot pants in town. Hot pants. <laughs> you forsaken the guide of your youth. And forgetteth the covenant of her God. Verse 18. For her house inclineth unto death. Like her house is at a degree, 60 degrees. This way. It inclineth unto death. So when you are in the house, when you make a small mistake, you are just rolling to death. And her paths unto the dead. Listen to this one. None that go unto her return again. 
<laughs> hey! None that go unto hell return again. Neither take they hold of the paths of life. You will escape every form of strange woman or strange man in the name of Jesus Christ. Beware of men. Stand to your feet, everybody. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Rise up and take your journey and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given unto thy hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it and contend with him in battle. I am sending you from here to contend with an enemy, whether it's a spoiler or a strange man or a forward man or a strange woman or whatever human personality to contend with him in battle. Because God has shown you clearly in the word of God that men are very dangerous apart from devils. The next dangerous group is men. Everybody take your phone. If there is any dangerous spoiler or man in your life, woman, man, or man, woman, or woman, woman. Once it's a human being. Mark them and avoid them. Begin to contend with them in battle. Tell your neighbor who is standing by you, you are too quiet for comfort. I feel and sense the message has something to do with you personally. is not shouting amen it's not saying anything does not seem to be excited no smiles no happiness a great door has been opened there doesn't seem to be interest in doors again you have lost all interest in doors open doors a man's foes shall be they of his own household Anybody in your house who is an enemy to your ministry, to your calling, to your life, today is exposed and uncovered in the name of Jesus. Yes. Every veiled aggression, every indirect attack on your soul and your ministry is aborted today. We override it and overcome it in the name of Jesus. We terminate all forms of attacks and veiled aggressions against your life in Jesus name lift your hands and declare war on the king of Heshbon contend with him in battle every unreasonable and wicked person standing in your way every man who does not fear God all men have no faith every personality that lifts himself up Matoka Paraba Malika Tabaroda 
every strange person, every forward stubborn person. My God, Matoka Balandala Mamanda. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Matoka Bela Manda Roma Shanambara Balabada. We give you thanks and we give you praise, oh God, for your grace. Lift your hand and shout unto the Lord. Begin prayer, begin prayer, begin prayer. Makata Baroba. Maramalo Shandari Baba. Mere Balambara Makabarondari Baba. Malosa Paramandari Baba Ndele Bakabaradala. Mela Manda Shandola Mandari Baba. Mere Marambara Malano Mere Lebebebebebe Keberede. Maramandari Borebeke Mandeleba Barandole Babandala Baba. Oh, Madatise Mandala Mamanda. Lift your hands and call on God. Lift your hands and call on God. Lift your hands and call on God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you for victory over man. You said in your word, beware of man. Beware of man. Mataka parabala. Man shall spoil you. We refuse the spoiling of any man in our lives. Matakaba. In our business. In our future. In our lives, Lord. In your calling over our lives. Thank you, Lord. For your power and your blessing in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you want, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, maybe God has set before you an open door of salvation. As you listen to my, me praying with you carefully, Jesus wants to give you life, new life. If you want to give your life to Jesus, in this moment I want you to pray with you maybe you are watching by television pastor pray with me I want God, I want to be saved if you are here like that lift up your hand, don't let anybody spoil your life, don't let any man hold you back it's time for you to follow Jesus without excuse anymore in your life you want Jesus to save you lift up your hand, God bless you God bless you Lift it up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, you want Jesus to save you, then lift your hand and come to me with your hand like this. I'm waiting for you in the front here. Come from where you are standing over there. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come to God. Come to Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to save you. Jesus wants to change your life. Come to him. He's calling you today. Come. Come to God, my friend. Come from the back. Come from wherever you are. God wants to save you. God wants to change your life. Jesus is calling you today. Come on, my brother. Come on, my friend. Come all the way. Come to Jesus. Give him your life. Give him your life. God is calling you. God wants to change you. God wants to save you. God wants to change you. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Lift your hands.
and say everyone lift your hand and join all these people have come to Jesus today say Lord Jesus everybody in front say Lord Jesus close your eyes say Jesus please forgive me for my sins I'm sorry I'm sorry for all the bad things I've done have mercy on me please write my name in the book of life I give my soul to Jesus Christ thank you Lord for saving me today wash me Lord clean me wash me with the blood of Jesus thank you Lord for saving me today from today I belong to God I belong to Jesus and I will follow Jesus all the days of my life thank you Jesus for saving me right now in Jesus name I pray Amen now lift your hand I want to pray for you Father let everybody standing in front here and those watching by television be saved from their sins by the blood of the Lamb I deliver them from evil spirit and evil powers and I say Satan shall have no access to them from today they are delivered from the powers of wickedness and from satanic presence in their life in the name of Jesus I pray with thanksgiving thank you Lord, Amen God bless you, clap for all of them God bless you, all of you who have come to the front here, come this way with our pastor, this way come this way clap for them, if you, if you gave your life to Christ on the television, send us a whatsapp on this number we want to pray with you uh, what a great blessing we are having an open air crusade every Sunday if you gave your life to Jesus you are feeling lonely, text us on the number 2335603 3079 what a blessing let's get a nicer number what a blessing and your life will never be the same again amen all right god bless you how many are glad to be in the house of the lord how many want more people to be saved and to know jesus how many want to be delivered from wicked men and evil people in your life i know god is doing it god is giving you a great deliverance and a great breakthrough hallelujah now listen, next week may be the last, I don't know may be the last uh, Sunday here, so let's make it a big open air crusade amen, bring people and uh, let's have 1,000 people saved the whole mountains there are a lot of people, you see when they voted, thousands and thousands of people here, all of them voted where are they? which church do they go to? do you see? Jesus wants to save and all of us can bring a soul next week is maybe our last Sunday I don't know please there's no roof in the church as I speak so it's possible next week next week may be that gives us two weeks from today but I can't I cannot promise or confirm but let's do this how many are going to join in to win souls next week Sunday soul winning Sunday you know when people give you the testimony I was there you preach and I, I, you don't even know what you preach about and they say that day I gave my life to you that was the change in my life and I feel that power is here today to save and to deliver in Jesus name take your holy communion 
beautiful. Take each, this is my body, which was broken for you. Drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Mm. Now listen. In John 6, 48, Jesus said, I am that bread of life. I am what? I am what? Everyone who is watching, bread of life is for you. He said, this is the bread. Amen. This is the bread. So you see, Jesus took normal bread, the bread that they were eating, the very food they were eating, he just took some and said, this is my body. Yeah, he took the meal they were eating. He, when he lifted up and said, this is my body, it changed to become the body of Christ. As soon as he said, this is my body, it was the body. And then, what does, what does bread do? Bread gives you life. Bread heals you. The first patient I saw on the ward dying was a patient who starved to death. I think the patient was from Ethiopia. I had walked from Ethiopia to Ghana, something like that. And the food for the person was, the, the, the medicine for the person was food. There was no sickness. But she, she died from no food. So food gives life. So when I take the bread now and I said, Jesus said, my, 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 it is bread indeed. My body is bread indeed. It is real bread. Real, real bread. And it's going to give you life. Yes. That's why Jesus said, who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life. For my flesh is meat and my blood is drink. Do you believe that you are about to eat real bread? Lift it up. Father, thank you for the power this afternoon. Let this bread that is coming into our lives give us life to survive the pandemic, to survive the diseases, the viruses, the bad news, the evil, the plague that is moving by day and by night. Thank you that this bread represents your body and as we partake of it and everyone who is watching partakes of it we thank you for healing and for life everyone who is in the hospital is discharged by this holy communion everyone who is suffering is healed by this holy communion everyone who is in fear of death is delivered from death the body of Jesus Christ the body of Jesus Now, lift up the blood. My blood is drink indeed. What does a drink do? Refreshes and what? Revives. Revives. You. Lift it up. Be revived. Be refreshed. Be forgiven. Be made whole. Ah, I see a freshness. And I say new life coming into you this day. Watching by television, I see a new life coming. 
into your life. The blood of Jesus Christ. Now lift your hands. May that be an exchange. Instead of you going, something else shall go instead of you. You will not die. You will live. You will live and escape the curse, the blackness, the death, the wickedness. Receive your healing. Receive your total recovery. Receive help from God. Receive the blessing of God. May you be delivered and helped by God in the name of Jesus. I bless you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you. May the Lord reverse his anger towards you. And may he give you peace. The Lord go with you and the Lord help you and strengthen you. Whatever you are missing, may you find it this week in the name of Jesus. Whatever ran away from you, may it come back to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever escaped from you, may it come back to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever terrible loss you have experienced, ah, I hear the word recovery, recovery, recovery. Say that word three times. Recovery, recovery, recovery. Receive divine recovery in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The blessing of the Lord is upon you in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.